Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show, episode 454. We've got a lively panel. I think we've got some interesting stories. It should You should be entertained, my beloved listeners and viewers. I'm going to let our guest, we've got a couple of guests, actually. Uh, um, I'm going to let Vito introduce himself to the listeners and viewers. Like to introduce yourself? Yes, of course. Uh, so, first of all, I'm really glad to be here. Uh, with an amazing bunch of people. Uh, this is awesome. So, uh, I'm the I'm Vito. I'm the founder of WP Feedback, which is a communication platform for uh, WordPress uh, professionals. Uh, basically, it's like post-it notes for live websites. Uh, I actually I started building websites when uh, I uh, when I was 14 with GeoCities back in the day. Uh, then from there, I, I pursued a musical career for about 15 years uh, through uh, playing in a rock band and touring the world and uh, doing all these kind of uh, uh, stuff. Um, we were doing pretty much okay, but we still had zero money for ourselves. Everything was going to the record company. So I went back to building websites for clients from the back of the van uh, while we were on the road. While the uh, once the band kind of split up, I decided to grow this aspect of the business. Went from freelancer to an agency uh, really fast. Uh, through this thing, we discovered all kinds of communication problems, which made uh, which uh, uh, transformed into WP feedback. Uh, all right, that's, that's it. it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's we got we got to get on with it. Um, Joe, Joe, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners of views? Yeah, I'm Joe. I uh, make websites, I podcast, and I teach people how to make websites on my own courses. And he's the kind of public face of Learn Dash in a way. We've got Michelle with us again. Would you like to introduce yourself quickly, Michelle? Hi, everyone. I am Michelle Butcher-Jones. I am from Southern Illinois. I am lead support at Thrive Agency, run a little blog called Can't Speak Geek, and um, WordCamp US organizer and Kids Camp Working Group organizer. Thank you. And we got Spencer. Spencer, would you like to quickly introduce yourself? My name is Spencer. Oh, that's good. Great. Uh, I've got Sally, my <laughs> friend Sally. Would you like to quickly introduce yourself? Certainly. I'm Sally Getch, organizer of the East Bay WordPress Meetup in Oakland, California. And I've never built a website from the back of the ba- back of a van. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And I've got, it wasn't easy. <laughs> and I've got Mr. Sensible with us, Chris from Lifter LMS. Chris, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. And I have built a website from the back of a van oh. before. <laughs> but uh, I'm Chris from Lift yeah, but Dude, you used to run sled dogs in Alaska. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I help uh, course creators create, launch, and scale with our WordPress LMS plugin. Right. This going to, st- um, oh, no. Obviously, I, obviously, I'm not under a lot of pressure. I've got the founder of our sponsor, one of our sponsors, and I'm going to read out his efforts. So I better get this bloody right. Um, well, folks, um, if you're, if you're in the middle of dealing with clients and it's not going too well, there seems to be a lack of communication or you just don't seem to be able to communicate with your clients through a project. I have a solution and it's WP Feedback. And what WP Feedback provide, they provide an easy use interface where your clients can leave instructions or notes and you can do the same and you can communicate in the same way and then every, the project will rock and you won't lose all your hair either. I've bought a copy myself. Uh, um, I'm in the midst of trying it out myself. And also WP Feedback have been kind enough to, for you, listeners and viewers, to offer you a great special offer. If you use the special coupon code WP Tonic Rocks, WP Tonic Rocks, and it will be in the show notes on, on the website, you'll get 25% off all their plans. Extremely generous of them. I suggest you go over there and buy one of their plans. Right, so on to story one. 
Did I do okay? Well done. Well oh, done, thank perfect. you. Thank you so much. Uh, so, uh, God almighty. Uh, he, he was looking at it. was very intense. Um, Gutenberg, <laughs> one, Gutenberg, one year later, by Chris Hudges. Hudges, Hudges. So, who shall I start off with? Let's start with... Hughes. All right, let's start with you, Spencer. What did you think of that one? This article. Chris Hughes. Who's strong? Yeah. Well, Spencer's uh, favorite person commented, so. All right. I like Chris. What, oh, did Otto? Better? Did Otto comment? Oh, my God. What? Otto had commented on this post. Oh, I got to look down. But, um, here's the thing. Uh, I have all day long the reason to suggest to people what is one of the Lego blocks in their stack. And I say, pick your favorite page builder. Um, I would say that unlike the worries that we talked about all of last fall, you know, Gutenberg is it's carrying its own weight. Nevertheless, I still choose the classic editor for simple stuff, which, you know, he talks about. I don't understand why you can't have the block editor capabilities and so forth without leaving the arrangement of the classic editor. For example... When you open up Gutenberg now, and there's a screenshot of it, whose idea was it that the, the title should be centered in the middle of the page with a thousand yards of padding around it, and then like this, everything else crunched over into five pixels on the right side? Because like, if they would just arrange the stuff that's there like the classic editor, I'd say 99% of my concerns would go away. But as it is, when I go in there, I'm uncomfortably uncertain as to where is anything that I need to use. It's a UI issue, not a functionality problem right now. And somebody's got a very noisy keyboard. Please stop, because it's it's like thunder. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I have the microphone in my shorts. Is that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, God, I'm not going there. Oh, the tone is going down already. He has to take more. Um, Joe, what's your comments on this? Well, you know, I've been a, a relative, uh, relatively big fan of Gutenberg. Uh, I think it's a big improvement for especially new users. I think it's a lot easier, and, and now we no longer have to explain what short codes are. Um, uh, I, my big, my big beef, uh, you probably know, is with the, how it was rolled out. So I'm glad to see a year later it's standing on its own. I think that, um, especially with new user adoption, it's it's uh, the go-to. I just upgraded my podcast website. Uh, to Gutenberg upgraded, I disabled the classic editor and nothing broke. Um, so I'll, I'm happy to see uh, more and more sites using it as we move forward. Uh, not not uh, in one small reason, because I have a course on how to use Gutenberg. So more users means hopefully more students. Oh, there you go. Victor, what did you think of this this one? This part? Uh, first of all, I've been, uh, like like a lot of people in the ecosystem, because I've been using WordPress for so many years, uh, having this massive, massive change uh, just threw me off. And I, 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 was, I was not having it at the beginning. Uh, but uh, I quickly realized that this is where it's going. So I have to kind of like adapt myself. So I turned off the classic editor plugin that we all have on all of our websites. Uh, and I started using it uh, for long form posts. Like Chris is saying, it's awesome. You know, it's really beneficial and it can move things around. And it's just the right way of doing it. Uh, for shorter ones, it's more of a problem than it helps at this point. At least for me, from what I can see. Um, I can't see this replacing page builders at least for another few years. Uh, so there's still a long, long way to go from that end. Uh, but uh, altogether, it's a nice direction. A lot, a lot more than I thought it would be a year ago. Right. So what do you reckon, Michelle? What do you reckon, Michelle? At first, I was really leery with Gutenberg. And then I decided, well, since it's going to be here to stay and I redesigned Can't Speak Geek, I decided I was going to put it on that site because, well, the whole premises of it is teaching WordPress and other technical things like hosting and um, being online, being safe online. And it, I need to understand it to be able to put it in the not and geek works. And the more I use it, the more I do like it and the more it's growing on me and the more I can't wait to see how far we can advance it. It's still kind of clunky, kind of annoying on using in some areas. And I feel eventually 
we will get there. I still feel it's a long road ahead of us. Yeah. So, Chris, you know, as a plug-in, when, when does it become a, a real headache? Because you've got the Gutenberg way of doing things, and then you've got page way, the classic way of doing things, and you've got these page builders. Is it is it, is it going to get a bit complicated pretty quick, or is it there already? It does create a little bit of complexity in terms of compatibility, but the cool thing is because we have this amazing ecosystem in WordPress, um, it's not a problem that one company has to solve. For example, um, uh, Gabriel over at Tangible Plugins created something called Lifter Elements that makes Elementor jive with Lifter. We created our own Gutenberg blocks uh, so that people could use the block builder to build custom course and lesson templates. Um, and we still take care of the people who are using the classic editor, which kind of crops up, especially we've noticed among Divi users. Um, so it, it has created more work, but I think it's something that we're solving together as a community. And that's really the, the beautiful thing about WordPress. All right. Let's go on to story two. A social media, social media influencer will serve 14 years in prison after he plot to take over a website, gunpoint backfired, at gunpoint backfired. Well, I think all social media influencers should spend 14 <laughs> over to Sally because she found this one. I, I don't even remember where I found it, uh, no, but yeah, yeah, it was just like, dear me, what is the world coming to? So, you know, um, <clears throat> this guy was, uh, uh, you know, attracting a, a, a founding and, and trying to build himself up as an influencer and he wanted a particular domain and the domain owner didn't want to sell it to him. So he decides to take his, you know, friend who's already like, been in prison before for a violent crime <coughs> over and hold the guy up to get him to sell the well, domain. Well, did hold him up. He, whipped, he uh, gun whipped him five <laughs> But this guy, I got, I got a bit, I was impressed with this guy. This guy got whipped, whipped five times, gun whipped five times. I thought, fuck this. Grabbed hold of the gun. They shot him in the leg. He, then he managed to get hold of the gun. And the person that shot him in the leg, he shot him twice in the chest. It's the kind of guy I, I want to Well, know. yes. I mean, like, we should we, <laughs> we, we should all be so tough that if somebody attempted to, to assault us, we'd be able to... He must come know, from Chicago, I reckon. Gun them down and, and then call the police. But, um, uh, you know... Uh, I, what universe you think? I would have shot him in the balls if right? I knew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bastard! <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. I mean, uh, I guess that uh, that world of domains is a little tougher than than we thought. It must be, especially when you got. Um, it sounded a lovely. Well, he was getting over me and Fora's thing. He had nudity. Um, Bad language. It must be linked to the Trump account. Uh, Rob, so what do you reckon, Spencer, of this one? Uh, the I did a little research on this, and the thing <laughs> that the, the reporter, Holly, didn't show, when you dig a little deeper, the irony to all of this is that the domain that he stole at gunpoint with assault turned out to be a .org domain, and he was going to be on the hook to pay $10,000 a year to renew it going forward. <laughs> <laughs> So the joke was on robbers. <laughs> Incompetent robbers as well. You know, because we talked about .org being sold mm. downstream. Okay. That joke went like 10,000 feet over. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't was fantastic. It? I'm going right, to you know, test it at the comedy club yeah, on Friday night. Yeah, right. um, this just demonstrates that the world is full of people that have an amazing ability to take themselves out of the gene pool or out of their normal life. Like, I, I, just don't, I just don't know where these people live from, where they are, where they come from. I mean, just a conversation about, so we do the robbery, we get the domain, then nobody will figure out it was us. Right. <laughs> you got you to gotta pay for the privacy then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was a better one. So, so that, was, that was more funnier, actually. I'm going to see how Chris spins this into calmness and, you know, um, are, are these kind of business mythologies that you utilize, Chris? I think there's something we can learn from here, which is <laughs> that uh, 
you can create an incredible asset on the internet. It's not just a website. Now, the subject matter that you choose to focus on is up for debate, but we have this whole freedom of speech and expression thing going on. And the other part that I think is really hard to wrap the um, logical brain around <clears throat> is how far and wide a website can scale out. I think this person had like 12 million followers at yeah, one point. Yeah, he did. Up. He did. That's a lot of influence. When everybody in the world has a potential megaphone through a website, these kinds of things are inevitable. The, how, the, how you choose to interact with it and do commerce and the content you want to focus on, um, it can be very different. But the thing is here is this just goes to show that uh, you can create an incredible asset with a website regardless of the, you know, the character of it. So, Joe, do you reckon they were just partying? They got the old crack out, got the Jack Daniels, got absolutely smashed, and then and then he just lost it, and he thought, "It's going whiplash this punk and get yeah. my domain." For sure, uh, this is gonna, <laughs> this this is a modern day version of the 1994 movie Airheads, right? Where like uh, Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, and Adam Sandler, their band, like held a, a recording studio up at gunpoint or whatever. Um, super obscure reference. Thank you, anybody who gets that. Uh, Which song are you on with uh, Van Halen, like the Eddie or the... Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or the Davids. Um, I think the other lesson that we could take away here is uh, always do the domain privacy. And uh, when you register your domains, do it through a business domain or do it through a business address that is not your home address. I bought a house in May. The first thing I did was uh, get a P.O. box and then a uh, registered agent so I can register my business that is not my house. So uh, those are the two important that's, things. That, that's what about. I do. It goes through yeah. my, my business register. It doesn't go through yeah. my own. Uh, yes. Uh, of course, then you end up in the situation where I, uh, you know, order uh, order the spring cleaning from uh, Amazon.com and the, the poor... Uh, the poor cleaner went to the UPS store. <laughs> <laughs> so, Vito, are these are these business methods that you utilize in your agency? If clients don't pay, you go and assault them. Well, that's my first go-to solution, you know. Oh, right. before, I, before I even call them up, I show them up. I show up with a gun. <laughs> uh, I, but actually, this uh, this is uh, relevant for me from, a, from an angle that I've been uh, trying to tackle uh, the past few weeks because I want to buy our .com domain uh-huh. and someone has it. Uh, and oh, he's yeah. been holding this, like just parking it for uh, years and years. That's you, Spencer, right? We'll talk after this thing. <laughs> if you're the one asking for fifteen thousand dollars, just send him a link to the story. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, right? You know, right? I understand. I, I do. Find, I, I I won't hide your concern, but I do have an anecdote for what what. what I've recommended in the past about buying people's domains, but now I might have to rethink that one. <laughs> so so I, I did reach out to the guy like through, you know, like a pop of channels and stuff, not with a gun. And, and, um, and he wants $15,000 uh, for this random domain, you know, that we have a trademark for. Uh, so it's kind of like, Chris, you, you were saying that this is a great way to create an asset. Um, Fine, that's true, but uh, it's also becoming a bit uh, ridiculous, you know, with domains that were being bought like 15 years ago, and uh, uh, and it's screwing new businesses. Uh, to now, let's, let's, let's have a bit of um, therapy here then, Vito. Um, what figure, you know, if he had said five grand to you... You wanted $15,000. Yeah, yeah, but if he had said five grand... Would I would you, pay, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I actually... He might, he might have considered yeah, yeah. there. Uh, I would go for seven. Seven? No, no, seven. My my top offer was three thousand. He's a a much more successful business owner than me, folks. You can tell, (laughs) can't you? Uh, You gotta have a ceiling, Jonathan. You gotta have a certain (laughs) blank face, but uh, do it with a smile, though. On to the next one story, which is a little bit more boring. Uh, we might not have much to say, but oh, we might. Um, latest e-commerce trends to boost your revenue. Don't annoy. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know that any of them are necessarily latest. I mean, um, no, nah, they were kind really. of a snooze fest of an article. It, it was. Oh. So I forget about this. Forget about this <laughs> one. It was a fucking boring story, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, um, another list. 
Let's go. Let's get rid of it. Let's get rid of it. I'm getting rid of it now. What ends my mind? But you found a couple more interesting stories, but you placed them into late. This is the problem. Well, yes, but well, they didn't happen until late. I, uh, I cannot control the occurrence of the news. There we go. We there we go. can talk about the Mac Pro if we want. I have opinions about <laughs> no, I'm that. I'm going to leave that to the end. <laughs> We're going to go for our break, folks. We're, I've got some more interesting stories. The next one's quite juicy. Uh, um, we'll be back in a few moments. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WPTonic as your trusted white-label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WPTonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WPTonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WP Tonic's white label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. We're coming back from the break. It's been quite amusing. Um, before going to the next story, I want to talk about one of our other great sponsors. The, the CEO is also on the show, and that's Lifter LMS. What can I say about Lifter LMS? If you've got a client or you are looking to build a course yourself and you're looking for a powerful learning management system and you're going to use WordPress and you should use WordPress, um, I cannot recommend Lifter LMS more than I can because I use it myself. It's a great team. Chris puts up with my bad jokes. What more can I say? Go over to Lifter LMS have a look and buy one of their add-ons or one of their premier packages. How do I do, Chris? Did great. Thank oh, you. Oh, thank you. You're not all right. Thank you very much. Uh, um, on to the next story. Oh, this is a juicy one. Oh, God, the cop, they really are the cockroaches of the modern age. Uber, first ever safety report disclosed 3,045 sexual assaults, nine murders in the US last year alone. <laughs> Well, this occurred during Uber trips. So how many of those happened to the driver? <laughs> and how many of them happened because of the driver? <laughs> Who knows? So I'm gonna let Spencer. Spencer, Uncle Spencer, what did you think of this this article, Spencer? Uh, you know, guys, you guys know how I never leave my house, right? No. So I want to <laughs> I order Instacart which gets me Costco. And what was interesting is this was the couple of days before Thanksgiving. And <laughs> I'm a pretty big guy. I'm 6'2". I'm in shape. I'm not worried about it. But like, I got, for the first time ever, an Instacart driver completely lost his shit over the, the text message thing of the app over the normal process of the shopping. He simply... It's just like they, they hired people. They're supposed to have a process. But essentially, I ordered the order. Something he replaced. I said, would, would you please refund that? I didn't want that replacement, which is the default on my setup anyway. And I was very polite. And he just lost his shit. Like, he started like, hey, man, just deal with it. Or, you know, whatever. And I, and I, and I, said, I said, what do you mean? Deal with it. I don't understand. Just please return it. And then, like, time went on, and you didn't answer. And I said, well, the thing still shows you at the store. Is it possible? Can you please return it? And then... You get this stone. Profanity. I don't know if he typed it or said it, but, like, the F word and the S word and your mama word and everything else. I'm like, whoa. (laughs) And I said, don't come to my house. Cancel the order. Refund it. I called the police. I said, this isn't an emergency, but I potentially have some psycho come into my house who knows my address. I called the Instacart, talked to Vietnam or whatever, routed. Eventually, it got routed back to California. You could tell. Five people. They all handled it in a certain way. They assured me that the guy was a guy. They confirmed it was a guy. They said they don't have his picture and they don't know what he looks like, but they'll take care of it, which I thought was. So the net result of this whole thing is even I not leaving my house, but using a service that would deliver stuff to my house, have a newfound respect for the precarious nature of 
trusting an individual who was hired by some cockamamie means to do something where you're putting your lives or your kids' lives or your food lives. I mean, like, I'm not going to take groceries from a dude that was assaulting me on verbal. Like, he's going to take a crap in my grapes or something like that or worse. But the, the fact is, I felt a little vulnerable, and I'm not a person that normally feels that way. So I think this is indicative of, like, the problem is not going to go away because these services are valuable, but it really requires a certain level of, well, how do you deal with the vetting of individuals who might have been hired five minutes ago that are taking your life in their hands or your safety? Do you think, do you think this guy knew the, uh, the, the social media guy? Social media guy? What do you? Oh, oh, right. was, he, was he friends with the one who held up the domainer? I mean, that's the kind of thing. Like the social media guy might have been the, the, the Uber driver the day before. You know? Yeah, he's probably there, but you never know, do you? Now, Michelle, I've got to give you a therapy, Michelle. Now, first of all, why did you buy the most noisiest keyboard on the market? <laughs> second, so and secondly, sorry. are you actually? Are you answering support tickets at the same time that <laughs> no. you're on the show? No. Now, come on, admit it, Michelle. Are you are you supporting clients during this show? No, I just oh, yeah. have coworkers that All right. are sending me stuff. All right, there we I go. Can... All right, we got that. Straight. And I'm getting better at switching back to mute. Yeah, right. Um, there we go. Just get a less noisier keyboard next time, will you? You, you go full. Yeah, it's, it's I a think very this, this monster. Changing like everything. Yeah, see, Jonathan's very good at, at urging people to spend money on stuff. Yeah, I, was, I was just fortunate that I was flush with cash when he got on my case about yeah. the microphone. And then Sally flush starts sending me links, and I'm like, that's going to have to wait till payday. <laughs> but I want it. All right, then. Um, so. Okay, when it comes to this Uber thing, I went to WordCamp Hampton Roads, which is pretty much Virginia Beach, uh, back in... I'm going to say it was 2015. And like right before I was down there, um, they actually had a serial killer who was either an Uber or Lyft driver or something. And I spent a lot of the time hanging out with uh, Jeff Matson and his wife um, who lived down there. Jeff used to work for Gravity Forms now at Pagely. And like anytime I would have take an uber like from his house back to my hotel or something like that i would always have to text him like you know out of the car walking to my hotel room in the hotel room just because there's so much now of a stigma of when it comes to single si single not it's in relationships but single as in the one person being out and about that there's all of this assaulting and murder and stuff happening that women are actually have to take precautions and let people know that they're getting into the car, out of the car and stuff like that to protect themselves. Yeah. So Victor, the, there was that case, um, basically, I, I think Uber are still operating, but they, it looks like they're going to lose their license in London. They um, basically, they had drivers that were, um, not the actual driver on image that was on the app. They were getting out. so in the end, um, after fourteen thousand of these cases, they've got looks like they're going to get banned. Would you send your wife and daughter um, on their own to Uber? Um, yeah, we use Uber all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, my main um, uh, like uh, mode of transportation nowadays. I Uber everywhere. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a blow when it goes away. But to be honest, they, they've been they've been these talks about uh, taking away their license for like five years now since they started. Uh, so um, I, I I don't know if it's gonna happen anytime soon. Uh, yeah. So you have you have no you have no concerns at all about uh, their record in America: three thousand plus assaults and nine murders. You, you remember from Israel, yeah? <laughs> 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 oh, God. I, don't, I don't get scared easily, you know? So this is just, uh, uh, yeah, it's part of life. You might you might die all kinds of weird-ass ways, you know? You just uh, have, to take, uh, have to take a bit of a risk and enjoy life and be part of it. Um, I think that, you know, I, I haven't seen how many rides they had in total. So I'd imagine it's less than 1% or something like that, or even less than 0.1%. Uh, so, um, yeah, 
just you, you, you got to be a, a, a little bit kind of, uh, you know, on it, making sure that the driver is the right guy and so on. Um, but whatever happens, happens. I guess I'll deal with it when, if it does. Well, Hopefully you know, <laughs> quite truthful, something like that can happen on a black cab. Now, Joe, am I, yeah, being, sure. uh, am I being really unfair to Uber? Where's the balance? Because obviously I'm not the biggest fan of them, but on the other hand... Um, I suppose because I know their history and the, and the culture of the company, that's why I'm a little bit harsh on them. But um, Vito has got a good point. It's, you know, I didn't read the details of this article, so it might be just like one half percent or a quarter percent. One point three the- billion trips in total in the US yeah. last year. So yeah. where's the where's wow. the where's the balance then, Joe? Yeah, well, uh, according to uh, Rain R A I N N, there are in the United States every year about. 434,000 sexual assaults. Uh, so that in, in Uber numbers, that is less than 1%. So if I can answer the same question that you asked Vito, I don't like when my wife and daughter go anywhere by themselves. I don't trust anybody. Like I lock my car in my driveway and people in the suburbs outside of Philadelphia think that's weird. You know, I grew up outside of New York I locked my City. car in my garage. Yeah, exactly. I always lock everything forever. Uh, I don't trust anybody who, I, I don't trust anybody. So, well, I just, um, I just don't want to be that person that yeah. means that my insurance company and they say, did you lock your car, Mr. Deadwood? And it is a silence. Yeah. Oh, well, gosh, but, we used to leave the keys in our, in our vehicles where I grew up. There again, yep. we were on a huge farm. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's, I always, always, always lock my door and my driveway or my car. Uh, I, the, the point is, um, yeah, I mean, these numbers, if you look at this number, it's not great. Uh, but but compared nationally, sexual assaults, uh, unfortunately, well, I suppose, are I suppose the, I, suppose, I suppose the question well, yes, is... It, it would help to have context. So like, yeah. all right, so how many people are attacked in, you know, traditional taxis? How many people exactly. are attacked in Lyft? Yeah. How many yeah, you know, people well, are attacked yeah. on buses? I mean, you know, they, they, they yeah. pay bus drivers <laughs> in is, San Francisco more than $100,000 yeah. a year because it's such a horrendous job. Yeah, I suppose, that, 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 I suppose that is the point, Joe. Um, yeah. Actually, Sally took my words out of my mouth. You, you know, without context, it's really hard to pass. Right. I, I, looked up, I looked up subway stats, and last year, I think there were a little over 1,000 sexual assaults on the subway. Uh, that's an interesting statistic, right? Because you, you are more or less in public on the subway. Um, unless you're riding real late at night and it's just you and, and another person in a car, uh, there's likely other people around. So that number actually seems a little bit more staggering to me, right? That like a thousand people are unscrupulous enough to do it in a more heavily trafficked area. Um, but again, like Subway is about a third of Uber. So Uber doesn't look great in that situation. So I don't know what... Collected, yeah. I calculated the thing here, like uh, in percentage. So it's it's like 0.0001% that something will happen. It's not that bad. <laughs> I'll take that. Well, unless you're one of those, zero, one of those zeros, uh, I suppose it's, it's not great, is it? But um, <laughs> what does Chris think of this? Chris is looking very serious and stern. Uh, just human life is a full contact sport, so things are going to happen. I, I agree that looking at the data is important. Like Spencer is a pilot. And I believe the data is that <clears throat> planes are safer than cars, you know? So just because we hear about plane crashes doesn't mean you're safer to jump in your car and drive through, a, you know, a busy area or whatever. So it's all relative. It's all unfortunate and, pu- unfortunate and public safety is an important thing that should be continuously worked on, monitored and improved. But um, I do I like the, the idea reason, of, I'm sorry to interrupt, Chris. Yeah. I, I think it's just... The reason why I'm a little bit more critical than probably you and Vito, who's prepared to send his mother, his daughter, any woman. I don't have kids yet, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, is well, it, so, he just said he was from Israel, right? Has exactly, his wife exactly. been in the army? Yeah. Um, yeah. They've probably got Uzis in their, in their hand <laughs> luggage, so they're oh. probably... Uh, right. Uh, um, 
Because the reason I'm, I'm just, right. oh, I'm going to get some bloody mail. I'm going to get some email about this episode. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, please. Uh, um, right, there we go. Uh, back, sorry, Chris. Emails are uh, when you know you're doing something right. Not the kind of email. Not the kind of fan mail I'm getting. Uh, um, right, sorry, Chris. Um, yeah. But yeah, the reason I'm a little bit, it, it's the cult, it's their track records that I have a problem dealing with. If you understand what I mean, Chris. Yeah, I get that. I mean, if a company <coughs> is, doesn't have a strong brand for other reasons, it may impact uh, public safety or it may not. But I understand they're not necessarily related to each other. Mm, all right, fair enough. He's, it's, he's, it's when, he's, when people do statistical analysis, that is not designed for a particular outcome to be promoted, that things become clear. For example, when I studied these things uh, in college, we used to see how you could take the same set of data like Chris is talking about. For example, in Chicago, there's routinely six to 800 murders a year. But those of us who live in Chicago realize those murders are happening in like three little neighborhood circles that never mix with the rest of the population. And so we never even think about it. People oh, so so they, so because the, they live in the ghetto, um, um, they're just killing themselves. The rest of you can um, just say, "Oh, get, let them get on with it." I mean, that's your opinion. But what I was going to say is something different. I was going to say that what happens is if you think about like how many people live in Chicago and how much other stuff is going on in Chicago, and then you say eight hundred murders, it's still a lot. But statistically. The truth is that 99% of the population will never encounter the thing that would cause them to be murdered because they're just not geographically there. And in the same way, when you look at cars versus planes, Chris's example is great. Like the amount of miles and the number of people carried in aircraft, like commercially, versus how many people die in a plane crash. You are more likely literally to slip on your kitchen floor and die right now than you are to die in a plane crash. Yet people are deathly afraid of flying in an airliner. Whereas your car, I mean, right in front of your house is an accident happening right now. So, you know, you just can manipulate the data. Uber's data is for the billions of people carried. It's not that bad, but it just sounds really horrific. And, you know, I I have all kinds of political things, but like I find it atrocious in America that with how many gun-related violence (laughs) things happen in schools, that that's not causing any political change. But we all know that the reason is because the political forces the other direction make that not happen. So if somebody wanted to change Uber, they could, but nobody gives a shit because it's too valuable to too many people. All right, then. On on to the next story. Oh, God. Next story is a bit boring, isn't it? Oh my God! Because zero BSCR. Well, it was boring news in WordPress, wasn't it? So, but it's a WordPress podcast. So I thought I had to have some Word- WordPress story you have in this what? entire situation. <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Spencer? I will speak to this. Yeah, good. <laughs> um. I may be known for some things, but one of the things I am known for lately is for having some knowledge and experience with marketing automation. And that's the main thing that I do. And what is interesting is that there right now is a, a little bit of a a little nice race, a little Olympic race. I think I better introduce the story first and then you can feel oh, right. <laughs> zero, zero BS CRM 3.0 improves ULR, changes database structures and becomes more extendable. Um, yeah. Off you go, Spencer. All right. WordPress has become either the Lego store or the Ikea store. Pick, pick what you want. The joy of the experience for those who are willing to be open to it is you need just a small stack of components, each that stay in their own lane, to do the things you want to do. Now, there's millions esoterica, but like, for example, Chris provides one of the core components, which is an LMS. Adrian provides a competitor to no BS or zero BS, I keep calling no BS, but zero BS, which is a CRM. But the CRMs right now, which is interesting, are one of two types. And at WP Fusion, we recommend you can use any one you want either outside WordPress or, like Adrian's, inside. What's interesting about this is that Adrian is here talking to you every show and he explains his business and everything. He's struggling right now to come up with the ideal solution for a plugin-based CRM, which makes so much sense because you've got all the components in your stack anyway. Why go out to an outside source? This company is the next closest competitor to what Adrian is doing, except the big difference is these two guys came up with a 
literally the same thing what Adrian's doing, but somehow got Matt Mullenweg to buy them. <laughs> so the thing that's interesting to me is I am absolutely fine just being the objective, you know, underwriters laboratory. We test them. We see how they work with things like Chris's plugin and with, you know, your gamification and with your WooCommerce and whatever. Oh, but I think, yeah, I, know where, I know where you're going with no, this. No, 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 no. Hold on. I argue to people. I say <laughs> right now, it would be amazing if one of those companies could come up with a plugin-based CRM because that would make it more logical that your entire WordPress stack was in a box. The only outside things you now need to connect to would be obviously your Stripe gateway or your PayPal or a CRM. If we could cut the link to an outside CRM, even a good one like ActiveCampaign, great. So I'm really excited about this, but I see the handwriting on the wall that you look in the article about Jetpack this and Jetpack that and change the name. Oh, no. and Trojan horse all over. And then like, remember three weeks ago when I told you the story about how Jetpack now lets people who don't know anybody pay 11% on everything they sell. You're back on that, aren't you? you that you is do. where this is going, my friend. Mark my words. Jetpack Trojan horse 2 point whatever. Is that, oh, please, Chris, say something controversial, will you? Come on, Chris, you can do it. Come on, Chris. Come on, Chris, put the boot in. I think that, uh, you know, the idea of owning the platform and getting the CRM in WordPress, like Adrian's been working on at Groundhog and, and these, this company as well, I think is smart. Um, I'm not for or against the, the roll-ups that are happening with Automatic and other companies that are consolidating. It's just happening because this industry is maturing. And really, I just see it as a free market thing where may the best self-hosted CRM win. Simple as that. Would you be so um, calm if, let's say, um, Automatic said that they're just making their uh, learning management system and they're integrating it into Jetpack? Would you be? They, they already are. It's called Sensei. Oh yeah, that's true. So, uh, it's not. Yeah, that's why you're so <laughs> you're so calm, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I forgot about that. You're absolutely right there. Thanks for putting me in my place, Chris. Chris consistently puts me in my place, listeners of yours. <laughs> uh, um, that's why he's much more successful than me. Uh, right. So, um, <laughs> Vito, what did you think of this? Um, first of all, it's interesting to see that uh, this kind of announcement uh, go into uh, WordPress Tavern. Uh, uh, I would think that it's because of the relationship with Automatic that got them kind of like featured in these kind of things. Yeah, that's so, what I was thinking. That was the yeah. that was the other point of this. I thought, would anybody else get a full story on the Tavern for right. a bloody upgrade? No, for an update, I, I, yeah. yeah I don't, communicating update releases is one of our biggest challenges at the moment because we're building stuff, but uh, uh, people uh, uh, educating the actual users uh, on what's being done, that's... That's the most challenging because if most people don't see that as news, even though we, we see this as like we're changing the world, right? Uh, but uh, so kudos for them for getting this uh, uh, in there, first of all. Um, I don't agree that much with having your entire marketing process inside the WordPress site. If so, you, you should have like your own installation, you know, like a separate installation where you do all of these kind of stuff in there. Um, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm an active campaign kind of guy and I prefer to have it being managed in a SaaS solution where uh, uh, you know that it's proper. Um, I haven't tested this tool, but I, I wouldn't be using a CRM inside the, the platform. I would definitely shoot the information out. Um, I'm tempted. To, well, we've got a big panel, so we, you have to come back. And when Adrian is here, we have a nice discussion about yeah. that. I'm leaving and Sally out, but I'm not doing it on purpose, folks. It's just I've got a big panel and Sally regularly comes on the show and I think she understands what I'm doing. But well, Sally, when, I, when I have an overpowering opinion, I will speak up, you so will, you don't need you, to worry. So yeah, have you got overpowering opinion about this, Sally? Uh, about the Zero BS CM, uh, CRM? No, not really. No, um, except that, you know, as I said before, if they rebranded as the Jetpack CRM, we know it will be the 100% BS. Um, All right. So, Michelle, how's the support tickets going? And have you got an opinion? <laughs> have you got an opinion on this as well? Now you muted. I'll one. get to. Oh, you, 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 oh, you've lost your mic. You need to do. Oh, is he come back? 
Oh, she's pulled the mic. Uh, you lifted it out, my dear. That's the, what the, the Yeti has a hardware. Yeah, you lifted it. It's got hardware. If you switch. So, Joe, have you got opinion? We'll we leave Michelle for sorting out a Yeti problem. My biggest takeaway from this story is the tavern got a really nice redesign. Uh, but I agree with Vito in the sense that, like, there. I don't. I've never seen the appeal of trying to do every single thing within WordPress. Um, you know, I think that. Uh, there are tools like WP Fusion and well, the only, Zapier that I'd, help you do that. But yeah, um, I, I my CRM needs are super light anyway. Like I'm using like Notion for my CRM, uh, so maybe I don't need what Zero BS CRM has to offer. But if I were to go to a heavier hitter, I don't think I would keep it within WordPress anyway. So I won't get Jetpack Trojan Horse on this one. All right. Oh, sorry. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Woo! Yeah, uh, yeah I'm still really learning on this Yeti. Um, for this, I kind of agree with Joe. Um, I don't believe in keeping the all my eggs in one basket just because it is the basket. I believe more in going with whichever tool fix, um, fits me best and then making sure they all work together. Mm. Uh, I haven't actually played with the CRM yet, um, so it might work for some of my needs on some of my projects, but I, I don't think it would actually work for all well, of I don't actually, um, I'm going to have to let Adrian talk for himself, but I actually saw Groundhog, um, and you can give him the money later, actually, Adrian. Uh, um, uh, um, I saw Adrian's product as more marketing autumn, well, I suppose, well, I suppose active campaign is that, but I see a CRM as a more of a customer, re, you know, record keeping type. Well, I'm, I'm, I'll forget it. I'm just, I'm off on a journey. I would there. say that uh, I, I would think that the WordPress installation should be the way to drive the information over to the CRM or the kind of like the mailing tool and stuff like that. You know, stuff like what uh, you know, like uh, what WP Fusion are doing uh, when you can tag things and then send this information mm. right where it is and then store it elsewhere so you can manipulate it and manage it in a different way. I think that's a uh, that's that's a smarter solution than mm. uh, than uh, you know, like Michelle is saying, putting all your eggs in one basket. Yep, right. On to the last story. Uh, I worked for Alex Jones, and I regret it. Well, what, what a obvious statement! But there we go. Well, yeah, yeah I, I mean, wait, that's news. Uh. <laughs> well, don't be so harsh. I thought the article had some interesting elements. Um, I'm I'm gonna. Did any of you read it at all? What about you, Spencer? Did you read it at all? I don't know why you picked the story. I have no interest. Well, what 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 interests me is that this is somebody who like found Alex Jones plausible as late as 2016. Well, uh, well, the only thing I'd give you my experience. I I did this experiment, right? And um, as some of my um, followers, I had one geezer emailed me a few weeks ago. Say you. Common, you bloody communist! Why were you allowed in America, right? And I won't mention his name. Thank you for your email. <laughs> but I did this experiment about a year ago, Spencer, where I listened to Info Wars every day for a month, right? And you know, I'm a kind of I'm a socialist, and I, you know, aren't I, Spencer? You're a spy. You know, I'm a bullshitter, and I uh, um um bloody commie. Why did they let me into America? That's what you would default, Spencer. Uh, um, but I listened to Mr. Jones for a month, and I got to admit, I, I actually there were times where I actually believed his bullshit. I thought he's not as bad as they make out, and then suddenly he would. He would go ape shit. He would go potted. I realised this guy is a total nutcase. But I found what I found it was slowly interview. It was influencing me, Uncle Spencer. Is it just me, or is there anything can be taken from my own experience, Uncle Spencer? I believe this I, is called I, Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can I can comment on the psychology aspects, and I have a personal belief of how to live one's life that has nothing to do with him in particular, but has to do with just like being an older person. You know, I am 72 this year, so I learned a few things. 
The thing you I, look you look as good as as Hillary Clinton did yesterday. I'm drinking from the well. The, the, metaphor, the metaphor that I would use, because I, I've read of this before, Chris, I think, would appreciate this. Our, our brains are like a glass of crystal clear water when they're not influenced by anything. If you choose to pour muddy water into your glass of crystal clear water, it will take some time to clear that water out again. So as I've grown older, I've realized which things influence my emotions and my behavior and how I feel and how I work. And so those of us who need to be efficient because I'm not as spry as I used to to power through it, I realize that if I participate in regular news TV, regular newspapers, uh, Alex, whatever, Jones kind of people, or even just watching the whole election, you know, the, the impeachment stuff, like my glass of crystal clear water is just like a big puddle of mud. And then nothing else feels the same. I don't feel emotionally the same. I am distracted. It just isn't working for me. Now, as a contrary experiment, because I live in a cave and I never leave the house, ironically, if I control what I do during my day and who I speak to and how I speak to, the world is like awesome every day. I wake up and the <laughs> birds are singing and the sun is going on and there's like interesting people and people are good by nature. So I would suggest that the reality we live in is greatly affected by our own perspective. And the choice we have is whether to tune people like this out or to absorb it. And news networks make their living, even ordinary ones, on shocking people into fear and otherwise so that they will come back. And eventually their nervous system gets conditioned to that, like uh, an opium addict or something like, oh, I need more of that. And that's where guys like this take people with them on a ride uh, down to David Koresh territory or otherwise, if it, if it goes that far. And our politicians, unfortunately, are really, really guilty of that today. And that's something that I try not to think about because it concerns us as a society. If we allow that kind of behavior over the common rational thought, then we all have some bigger problems. Well, I think you did really well there. I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna go on to the picks of the week because um yeah, I shouldn't have chose that story anyway, but you, I think you thanks for that, Spencer. Um on to picks of the week and the panel are not they're not too troubled about that either, right? So let's go on to the picks of the week. Uh, um, I do my best, listeners and viewers. I'm not perfect, so sometimes I'll pick the wrong stories, right? Um, know, by the way, we know you snuck in through Mexico. That's how you got here. So nobody's, yeah. like, kidding ourselves how you got yeah. into this game. Yeah. I know, a, a commie like me, yeah. Uh, um, so there we go. Uh, um, <laughs> my pick, and it was a bit of tongue-in-cheek um, pick, um, I've watched some unwrappings on the YouTube of this. Um, it's a snip at the price. Apple Mac Pro starting at $6,000. And what did you think of my, first of all, before I asked the, um, the panel's picks, what did you think of that one, Joe? I think I have a lot of strong opinions about this that we don't have time for. But if... if we got a little, we got a few you, minutes, yeah. Apple's, oh, Apple's cut this is off. outrageously priced. Yeah, if you, if your first thought is that your, this price is outrageously uh, priced, then this computer is not for you. Because I'll tell you what, if I was making millions of dollars off of my computer, I would gladly max this thing out at fifty plus grand or whatever to do the best. You think Pixar cares if the wheels cost four hundred dollars? Nah, they're buying like a fleet of these things to make Toy Story Seven. So. Uh, they're they're going for the high high end. It's not for any of us. Uh, so anybody who's commenting saying this is too expensive, yeah. Uh, I also saw a story. This will be my last thought. That uh, the the maxed out Mac Pro costs more than a luxury car. You don't make money off of your luxury car. Your luxury car costs you money. You make money off the Mac Pro. So that is my. Well, you know, I'm a man who opinion. routinely spent more than that on workstations because of 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 what he was was doing, and and pound for pound, the thing is just not that good a deal. But the hilarious part is that apparently that really fancy and truly genuinely beautiful, impressive screen, where you know where you have to pay an extra thousand bucks for the stand, um, you are only <laughs> allowed to clean it with their little cleaning thing because if you put any kind of ordinary like cleaning fluid or water or anything on it, the, the uh, special nano glass they've made it out of will basically be destroyed. Dissolve. 
And there is <laughs> there's a reason for that. I, look, if I paid if I paid six thousand, seven thousand dollars for a monitor, I would only use the cleaning thing it came with too. Like I'd be like, I'm not touching this with anything that's not been anointed by Apple. But this six thousand dollar <laughs> monitor is ultimately replacing a few, something a like, in the a film few, industry. Uh, so, uh, a few that costs like thirty thousand. Sorry, a few ladies have said that about me. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just going to resist it. Oh, Jesus. Um, Chris, what did you... Well, let's, let's get on back on subject. Yeah, it was a bit of a challenging. Chris, have you got a recommendation for the week? I do. I actually just watched the uh, WP Tonic interview with Rob Walling. Yeah, thank you. And I thought it was a really great episode, and it got me thinking. I don't know what number episode you're on, Jonathan. Somewhere around 300, I think. Rob Walling. 454. I've I've lost. Actually, I had a lot of work yesterday because I got my numbers way out of whack. Yeah, go on. Sorry. My tip is, uh, you know, the podcasts out there that have been around for a while and just helping entrepreneurs, especially outside of the mainstream, Silicon Valley, whatever. Um, figure out how to do what they do. And um, I, I just want to give props to both Rob's podcast, Startups for the Rest of Us. And also, I thought that was one of the best interviews I've heard on your podcast, Jonathan, with uh, with Rob on WP Tonic. And Adrian did a great job as well with the tag team in the interview. It was, it was a good quality yeah. show. Oh, thank you so much. And Rob is a little bit, Rob's such a great guy and he's so down to earth and his track record speaks for himself, doesn't it, Chris? Yeah. It does. Um, Sally, have you got anything you want to recommend to the listeners of yours? Um, well, um, I would like to recommend one of the uh, stories that we didn't talk about, um, uh, which is uh, Mika Epstein's post on There Are No Top Influencers, uh, which is a fairly uh, reasonable kind of response. Well, they're, they're in prison, aren't they? Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, well, I guess so. But yeah, see, there's the danger of trying to be an influencer, um, <laughs> which is just kind of a, a commentary on lists um, that, and you know why they are, uh, why making a top anything uh, list of of people is. Well, I must be doing something right. I must yeah. be doing. I must be doing something right, Sally. Last month we had our biggest month. We had over five thousand people listen to this crap. So, <laughs> right. But uh, I, I think it's a. It, I think it's a, a post worth reading and keeping in mind um, because of the. Uh, you know, since it's the end of the year and then the beginning of the year, I'm sure we're going to have a whole bunch of, you know, biggest, best, you know, of 2019, you know, uh, hot trends for 2020, bloody blah, 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 blah. Mm. Um, and uh, that, you know, uh, basically, un- unless you want to draw the hate mails, uh, you know, you might want to uh, steer steer away from a, like, you know, top, uh, you know, top people to whatever and, and maybe rephrase it as just say, you know, here are a few individuals who've influenced me uh, <clears throat> because it is always um, very subjective. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> anyway, I think that, you know, a lot of what Mika writes is nicely thought out and clearly expressed. Uh, and <clears throat> so that's my recommendation oh, for the yeah. week. Uncle Spencer, have you got anything to recommend to the listeners and viewers? Uh, yeah, but I want to also jump on Chris's thing and say, I like your shows, but I really loved Rob Walling's show. It turned out to be as good as I had hoped when I heard you were going to have him on. And uh, obviously you guys did a great job, but Rob knows how to, you know, I mean, he does this for a living too. So it was like three people that really know what they're doing. And it was great. I, I was amused by the way. Because he admitted to it, but like he was just like, "Hi, this is how I do my podcast." And I was thinking to myself, like, he always sounded there, but like literally, he did that for three hundred sixty-five episodes of Startups for the Rest of Us. Like, he was licking his. his I, want know, I want to know why his hair's not. He's, he, he, he's one of these people who hasn't aged that much. He's a bit like yeah. you. He, he looks the you know, same I, as he did. And why he's lost most of his hair? I he, will say, for Rob's case. I don't know him personally. I would like to know him personally because he seems like a great guy. I would say he married the right woman and has a great partnership with her. You know, Sherry's terrific too, and she's got her own successes. But like the two of them, when I listen to them, I feel a little bit of like, 
gee, I wish my life had been like that because that's just a great power couple. Anyway, on to the recommendation was, um, I got about 20 people this week asking for this. Can I connect multiple WordPress sites all together and share the logins? And after I was done saying why, well, there's a plugin for that, WordPress plugins, it's shared-logins, and it allows you essentially to let all your users log into multiple WordPress sites you own without doing anything too heavy lifting. So That's awesome. It's actually yeah. very handy. A weird solution. I wanted to say one last thing, though, to, to Michelle and Joe and Vito. The difference between CRMs and what marketing automation is, and Vito alluded to that, you don't need any of the CRM capability whatsoever. You need just a place to store the tags and fields for people's behavior on a WordPress site. And for that, having it inside the site is super convenient because when you do your backups and your storage or you sell the thing or you clone it, having it inside means there's not an external dependency, whether it's for cost or otherwise. It's literally just like a custom post type that's doing a specialized thing of keeping track of people's journeys. And that's different than a CRM, but they do call it a CRM because it's hard to say marketing automation platform. Well, and then you go Wait, to so it's not, so zero BS CRM is not a CRM? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying oh, when you look okay. at CRMs, including zero yeah. BS, there's, let's yeah. say a hundred things they do. You only need three of them. None of which has to do with right. the CRM or their dashboard. You'll never look at their dashboard got at all. I got it. Got just it. needs to store contacts with their tags right. and emails, right. allow you yeah. to build automations and allow you to send certain types of emails, even the emails you don't need anymore. Just those first two things right. are what a plugin should do as a CRM or as a service. The rest of the stuff is irrelevant to anything that WP Fusion or the stack of five plugins does. And I just wanted to clarify because, you know- Where does it go? To the others, to, to the SaaS companies, like to the cloud? Well, in other words, we have two types now. We have those two plugins, which there's one or two that are on the fringes. No BS and Adrian's Groundhog. And then there's outside ones, which we often recommend Active Campaign as a first choice. Yeah. They're very inexpensive, $7 a month. But you're yeah, right, there's 97 out of 100 things you do not need in this, to use anyway. But the point I'm making is marketing automation is the end goal here, which is right. give yeah. users, users a personal journey through their Lifter LMS courses. And if they buy a WordPress or WooCommerce product, give them access. That's what it does. And it's a slight difference in, in vision, but that's why, you know, those other points maybe are, are valid, but not necessarily what I was referring to. Well, thank, you so, you. thank you so much, Spence, for clarifying that. Uh, on, to, on to Michelle. Uh, um, um, we've been waiting patiently, um, answering more to support tickets. I would Mine imagine. actually piggybacks off of Sally's um, post for there's no top influencers. There was a whole lot of drama um, this week um, that surrounded one of those um, influencer lists, the people to watch and tweet with and everything. And it stirred up a lot of emotions, a lot of um, Twitter chat, and some was really great. Some was really filled with drama and some was filled with hate. And my thing is just to remember, you know, we are a great community and with all the drama that has happened this week, do something kind this weekend, you know, send out a tweet to someone who, you well, know. I missed, I missed has, that. That should have been on my list, shouldn't it? I missed this, but I'll keep out of that Twitter crap. Some, you know, someone who has influenced you, you know, send a tweet and tell them thank you. Or um, if you see someone who's new into WordPress, help them get more into the community. There we go. Oh, well, I missed all that. There we go. All right. Vito, have you got something you want to recommend to the listeners of these? I do. Uh, it's a really cool tool that I discovered this week. It's called SVG, uh, or they call it SVGator, like SVG Gator. Uh, basically, it's a tool that allows you to create SVG animations in a really kind of simple way. Um, awesome for uh, you know for for uh, for homepages where as you scroll things interact as you touch it things move around really really easy to do um, just on a timeline and it exports it into a file you drop it in WordPress and it works um, yeah it's just an awesome awesome tool for uh, we're we're gonna do a complete revamp of all of our uh, icons and uh, all of the kind of like uh, static images that we have right now uh, even things like creating headers for uh, onboarding sequence emails and all of these kind of stuff you can do really awesome awesome stuff in there um, 
kind of like After Effects, but uh, um, but minified, so everyone can actually do it. If you know a bit yeah. of Illustrator, you can jump in there and uh, and make it happen. I'll make sure all this is in the chat, can you, beloved panelists, because it really helps me um, with the show notes doing reasonably quickly. So put all your recommendations in the, sh- in the chat, can you? Um, Joe, have you got anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? Uh, uh, yes, real quick, tongue in cheek, I added uh, a recommendation to WASD keyboards. They are fully customizable, super clicky keyboards. Uh, very loud. Um, <laughs> Uh, but my real recommendation is uh, Bill Gates has published his book recommendations for the uh, winter of 2019 or the holiday season 2019. I look forward to his seasonal book recommendations. Uh, do you? I do. I read like most of what he recommends. I think that they're great. Uh, he recommended Educated last year, a fantastic book. Uh, so I dropped that link in the show notes to his website um, and just if you're looking for something good to read, there's almost definitely more than one title on there for you. Oh, well, thank you for that. Well, panel, I think we're, uh, um, apart from my crappy stories, we've had an interesting discussion, haven't we? Michelle's answered loads of support questions on her noisy keyboard, so she's happy. We'll be back next week, listeners and viewers, with an insight into the world of WordPress and the internet in general. If you want to support the show, please give us a review on iTunes. It enables us to get great guests like Rob, which will be up, and you'll be able to listen to Rob's interview either on the Facebook page the WP Tonic Facebook page, or um, it'll be up on iTunes in the next couple of weeks. We will see you next week. See you later, folks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.